The Bible says, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon, and besieged Rabbath. And David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Let us pray. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for each and every person here this morning. All that they're dealing with, all that they're facing, we know can only be overcame through you and your son Jesus. God, and specifically this thought of this family that's lost a, a loved one, no doubt, a child that's lost a father. God, unexpected, unknown, can't, we can't understand these things, but God, we just pray that you give us the strength to go through whatever we face in our daily uh, task or whatever it may be that we come across in our life. God, we love you. We, be careful. we will be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look this morning and preach to you the first part of a few messages titled, When a Man Loses Himself. When a Man Loses Himself. And as we study and we think about some of the greatest characters and the greatest people in all of God's Word, David very, very quickly, very quickly, comes into view as one of the greatest characters in the Scriptures. I believe that he is, uh, in my mind, the greatest character of the Old Testament. You look at somebody that just goes through so much in their life and overcomes so many things through God, certainly it's David. But I believe that we find a man here in his life that overshadows the greatness of King David. And we'll get to that, maybe not today, but maybe in the next message whenever that comes. But a man named Uriah the Hittite. We'll look at that as we go along, but I want to look at, at, at when a man loses himself. We know that in our life and our walk that it's vitally important as Christians that we walk as closely to God as we can. If we want to succeed, if we want to have progress, if we want to know God more, if we want to grow deeper in, in, in the spiritual things of God, it's important that our conduct carries uh, a godly stature. Our conduct looks like God. It sounds like God. It purely is like God on the inside. But it's also important that we are where we need to be in our walk, not even just in a spiritual nature. You hear that all the time. I'm, I'm, I, I say that all the time. I'm not where I need to be. I say that a lot. And that's a spiritual nature, and that's something that we've got to work on. I, I'm, I'm working towards where I need to be with God spiritually. But sometimes even physically, where we put ourselves uh, plays a great role on the types of things, temptations we face, the types of things we'll deal with in our life. No doubt in your life, in different sins and different things you've done, things you've messed up and done wrong, a lot of what's taken place has been where you have physically been that has opened the door for sin in your life. And we find that with David. 
We live, we, we live in a day where uh, our president doesn't uh, get, uh, get a machine gun and get out front in the battle lines uh, over in Afghanistan and Iraq. We, we've not lived in that type of world for many, many years. This day, the king, he, w- he went to war. The king in this day, he, it was vital that he was at, at, at the front, uh, front, standing up front with his sword and his shield uh, to do battle. It was because it, that's what inspired the men to serve. That's what inspired the men to fight. And here's, here's David. He, he grew up rough. He grew up tough. He grew up and, uh, over many years in his life. He faced a lot of adversity, find times where he lived in caves, and he had, he had done, you know, slept under the stars many, many nights in his life. But here he is, he's finally got his palace. He's finally started to, we've started to see this success in his life. He's finally started to grow up and build up some wealth in his life. He's built this palace and we consider that and think about the lush. Uh, I, I thought last night I was, as I laid down, I was like, you know, there's nowhere else in this world I'm more comfortable than at home, at my home, in my bed, on my pillow. That's where I'm comfortable. I can go somewhere and if I don't stay a week, I won't sleep worth anything. Because it takes me two or three days to finally feel like I can, I can lay my head down and just sleep comfortably. But here's David. He knows that feeling. He's beginning to see what life as a king looks like. And as it says here in verse number one, we'll read it again. It says, And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle. Remember I said that. This was the day of the kings. They went out to battle. At, at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab. David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. He was physically in a place where he probably shouldn't have been. He needed to be out in battle with his, with his brothers in arms. He needed to be out at war. That's what the other kings of the world were doing at that time. Is You didn't have time to think about ungodly things. You didn't have time to think about messed up things or, or get tempted uh, with, with, with something as he's tempted with here we find in a few verses. When you're out to war, you, you're focused on war. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now, I want you to know something about the, this culture that they live in. If you ever look, I, I've never been to Israel myself, but if you watch a video about a lot of the cities and places in, in Israel over there, there, the, the streets are narrow. I mean, some of them look like about as wide as the space between the pews. Very narrow streets. We in the South love big porches. Can I, I can get an amen on that at least. We like big porches. You've got to have somewhere to sit. You've got to have somewhere to rest. That was one of the most important things when we were building our house is that I had a nice porch out back where I could just rest and relax. Love that. They don't have that over there. If you look, they're very tight the way they build. The place that the family meets, the, their back porch is up at the roof. That's the social place. That's the area where you go to have a meal with your family. That's where you take your friends to enjoy time together. That is, their, that is to them what our front porch or back porch is to us. And so David goes up there, and we see that he's in this comfortable position in his life. We see that he's enjoying what it, it, what it means to not be out to war. And he goes up on his roof, that social area, and he sees this woman washing herself. Now, I don't know what in the world she was doing up there, because like I said, that's where people eat. 
So I think that there are certainly some things that uh, concern me and confuse me about that. But the devil knows when we get lax. The devil knows when we begin to rest. The devil knows when to put something in front of us. And he knew that day, oh, if I can just get her to kind of lapse on her judgment a little bit, maybe uh, take a little bit of time and, and, and go up there and, and wash herself, David's going to be coming across. David's going to be coming out here pretty soon. He was in a physical place he didn't need to be in. And there he sees her, and of course she's beautiful. He's the king. He can have anything he wants. I imagine what went through his mind. Well, you know what, man? This is really nice. I get to be here at home. Everybody else is out to war. I'm having peace. I'm hanging out on the porch. I'm enjoying good food, and I'm not having to, to eat stuff that we kill out in the middle of nowhere in the desert somewhere, and I'm, not, I'm able to take a bath, and I'm able to enjoy all these things. Isn't that when temptation just sets its claws into us? Is when we're in those moments. We get lax. We get comfortable. We get happy. Everything's good. Oh, my goodness. I'm experiencing a good time here. I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable than I would be if I was on the front lines. That's when temptation, it just sinks in. That's when it attacks us. You find the first thing about David is he loses his reasoning. He loses his reasoning. When we get, the more comfortable we get, I feel like the re less reasonable we are. You ever got close to somebody as a friend and you eventually start saying whatever's on your mind and you think, man, I'm letting them into my, my, the, my, my very thoughts. We can, it's easy to lose our reasoning and just kind of say whatever comes to our mind. This is where David was. He had gotten to the point, he was so comfortable that in his mind, he, he thought that he could indulge in anything. And it goes on and it says in verse 3, And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is, this, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Somebody even said to him, David, you're asking about this woman, but this woman, that's another man's wife. That's another man's wife. Verse 4, it says, And David sent messengers and took her, and she came into him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned into her house. He lost his reasoning by the place that he put himself in. Spiritually in our lives, if we, the more comfortable we get, if we are not careful, our reasoning goes out the window. I've been there. I've done that. I've made those decisions. I've made those mistakes. I've been the very one that I'm preaching about this morning. When we lose our reasoning, we start to lose a piece of ourselves. If we can't reason about a situation, what I'm talking about is not a, of a of a of a mind, like a physical, like a maybe just what I can reason with, what I think, what I know. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about scriptural reasoning. Here comes something in front of me in my life. I get to the point, I walk through something, I deal with something, and I don't reason through God's word what I should do. David should have been out to battle anyway. And even after it was done, he should have, he should have been out the whole time. But here he is, just living it up. When my life is going the best, we, thought, we read about Joseph this morning in our Sunday school lesson. You know, those people that were living those seven years of abundance, they didn't even know what to do with the crops that were coming out of the ground. 
They didn't even know what to do with it. I mean, I can't imagine that. Don't you think that their Bibles got a little would have got a little bit dusty? Say this was Christians today. You have those that the success we have. Like I said, God's dealing with that and putting on that on my heart recently is how much progress and success we have as people. If you stop and think about it, it's kind of scary. Because we just we we really we can get up and not face anything. No difficulties, no questions. Well, I gotta get this. Well, we can go to the store. Remember last year, you couldn't get toilet paper at one point in time. People were losing their minds. Couldn't get toilet paper. We had an abundance because my grandparents, they always buy three or four fold of everything. And I appreciate that. If you got that and some of you, it looks like you got that, that same thing in your family. You appreciate that when that's, those difficult times come up. I didn't worry one bit about it. But I'm telling you, there is coming a day where I'm afraid that even with our carefulest attention to preservation and to, to, to abundance, with us trying to, trying to do everything we can to make sure we're prepared, I'm afraid there's coming a day where we're going to face some difficult times. Why not in this time of abundance? Why would we not grasp hold of this word? I'm afraid that's what's wrong in the church right now. Is that we've had all these years of abundance. There's always been people that will listen. There's always been people that will sing. There's always been people that will preach. There's always been people that will come. Always been people that will tithe. And here we are. We're starting to see on that downhill slope, that grade going downhill, people aren't coming. People aren't tithing. People aren't singing. People aren't preaching. People aren't praying. People ain't doing anything for God. Why didn't... When in the point in time that we were having the success we used to have, why weren't we stockpiling on the Lord? Why weren't we saving up on God? Because now here we are. We're trying to, we're, a lot of churches are grasping at straws just to make it to the next Sunday. It's because we've, lo we've lost our reasoning at some point in time. We're not using God's word at some point in time to try to reason what's our next step. What do we need to do? Bathsheba shouldn't have been on that rooftop, but neither should have David. If David was out to war, he'd he never walked up on that rooftop and saw what he saw. We lose our reasoning because physically we're in positions and places we shouldn't be. We lose our reasoning because we've got too comfortable in what we're doing. I'm a researcher. If I th want to know something, I will research it. And I want to know and be able to explain to you what I was wondering about. So that means my mind is full of a lot of stuff that's really not useful. I got a lot of useful facts in my mind. I tell Shelby, she used to say useless, but we finally say they're useful just to make me feel good about myself. But I'm a researcher. And if I didn't have my phone to research, I've got encyclopedias and books at home I'll go look at. But if I didn't have those books, and I didn't have somebody I could get a hold of that knew what was going on about something, I'd, be, I'd drive myself crazy. Because I want to know, I want to understand, I want to study, I want to reason in my mind and understand different things. Why would I not have such a dedication to God's word that I walk day to day saying, Lord, I'm literally going to drive to work. But I want to pray and ask you to preserve me spiritually, mentally, physically, help me, guide me, don't let me get distracted. I'm just driving to work. I want to be that kind of Christian. I want to be that kind of Christian that puts himself physically where I need to be. 
the moment that I feel, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't like going to any city. I don't like going to Asheville, but it ain't really that big. But you get me somewhere, Atlanta, Charlotte, somewhere like that, I really don't like it. I just ain't, I'm not made for that. And I, I reason pretty well. Staying at a gas station. I feel like I'm about to get shot. I'm going to get in a car and I'm going to get out of here. I reason pretty well in that kind of situation. When I feel like it is threatening to me because I'm uncomfortable with something, I reason pretty well. But you get me home where I'm comfortable, I don't, I don't think as, as deep as I do. Matter of fact, I probably most of the vehicles at my house are unlocked right now if you want to go rob me. You might be able to find an easy way into my house because I don't reason the same way in a comfortable situation. And that was David. He wasn't reasoning as he should. Man, when a man begins to lose himself, he begins to lose control of his reasoning. And then he loses next his responsibility. Verse number four, uh, verse number three, it said this, this person is reminding the king. Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? He reminds him, that person reminds David of who she was. David has a responsibility as the king to preserve that relationship that that woman has with her husband. Matter of fact, Uriah the Hittite, who I believe is, and I'll, I'll share all this maybe in a later message, but Uriah the Hittite, I believe, is the greatest character in the, in the life of David. I believe that, that his dedication and his strength and his power and his fortitude for God and for King David, I believe it overshadows David's life. But he's reminded of that, and he's, he's, he, David should be responsible to that. He should want to serve those that serve him. But he doesn't. Verse number 5, it says, And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Hey, there's immediate consequences to his mistake. Verse number 6, it says, And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And it goes on and it says, And when Uriah was coming to David, David demanded of him how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. You see, when a man begins to lose control of himself, he loses his responsibility. I believe David responsibly should have been able to look at your eye and say, hey, this is what happened. Are we not responsible to let those around us know what's going confess our faults to those around us, make a mistake to share that with one another, say, hey, please forgive me for this, even if it doesn't have anything to do with them. I've heard people testify in church and confess sins before the church, and I'm talking I wanted to be a fly on the wall and another wall somewhere else. I didn't want to even be there because it just, I mean, they stood up and they let it all out. I admire that because they felt responsibility spiritually. They felt responsible for the sins that they committed. They confessed them openly to their brothers and their sisters, asked for forgiveness, and anybody that wouldn't forgive them they needed to get forgiven at that point in time because when someone humbles himself and does that, that's an honorable thing. But here's David. He gets Uriah in and he's, hey, how's things going? Tell me what's going on. I want to know what's going on out there. How's the war going? Uriah, he was a warrior. 
He didn't want to be there. But that's his king. That's his leader. And he felt the responsibility to be there. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded, sorry, I read that verse already, verse 8. And David said to Uriah, Go down to the house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. David thinks, All right, my way out of this is going to be, I'm going to send him down with Bathsheba in his home. What man's going to come home and not enjoy that comfort I was just talking about? When you go home, that's where you're most comfortable, I hope. But who's not going to go enjoy that? And, and Uriah, you know what? He loves Bathsheba. I bet I can cover this up. I bet that he'll go and he'll enjoy a night with, with his family, a night with Bathsheba, and one day, one day this will all be covered up. It'll look like Uriah was the father of that child that Bathsheba's carrying. And he sends him a mess of meat, and he's trying to, he's trying to irresponsibly cover up his sin in his life. Verse 9. This, this is why I believe Uriah is such a great man. We're going to go ahead and get into it. I'm almost done. But Verse 9. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and went not down to his house. He felt the responsibility what does this mean? I'm being called to go and serve on the front lines out there in the war. Why would I go enjoy the comfort of my home when my brothers in arms are out there on the battlefield? And even though the king's opened the door for me to enjoy the comfort of home, I'm not going to do it. That's the type of man Uriah was. Now, what does it say Uriah is? Uriah is Uriah the Hittite. He wasn't even a Hebrew. His allegiance was to people that weren't even of his own kin, of his own blood. That, I think, even speaks further to who he was. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down into thine house? Verse 11, and Uriah said unto David, The ark in Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of, the, of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall, excuse me, shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as thou livest? And as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Uriah felt the responsibility. As I said, he felt that responsibility. But David, he's just losing control. The more and more he tries to cover this up. Have you ever, I remember my mom always told me about telling lies. You tell one lie, and you got to tell another one to cover that up. Before you know it, you got to tell two more to cover those two, and three to cover those four, and four to, I mean, it gets crazy. That's why I try not to be a liar, because I just can't keep up with it. I'm telling you, it's crazy. That's what David was doing. He's spinning this web, and he's going to eventually get caught in it. He's just, he's losing his responsibility. He's losing his reasoning. And then next, he loses his repentance. Because what does he do? He doubles down on trying to cover this mess up. Verse 12, And David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. 
And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. He thought, you know what I'll do? I'll get him drunk. I'll make him uh, irresponsible, and I'll send him on home, and then that'll, that'll cover it up. Even in a drunken state, he still had his responsibility. He still knew and understood, i got to go lay. I'm going to go lay at the door. That's where I need to be while I'm here. And until David tells me to go back to war, I'm not going to enjoy anything else. David was trying everything. He loses his repentance. He can't, at this point, he has done so much, he is doubling down on it. He's not going to let go of this thing in his life. He's just going to keep continuing on and continuing on. Verse 14. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. Sent the letter, the death warrant for Uriah by his own hand. That's the type of servant he was. I don't know, but if I got something like that, I might take a peek in there I'd want to know what it was but he felt the responsibility to take that and deliver that to Joab because that's who he was and it came to pass verse 16 when Joab observed the city and he assigned Uriah into a place where he knew that valiant men were and the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the, of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. And that's where we'll end our scripture reading this morning. When a man loses himself, he loses his reasoning, he loses his responsibility, he loses his repentance, but then he loses his respect. How do you respect someone that would do what David did? And we'll find redemption in David's life. We'll find that. We'll, Lord willing, and if, if I get to share the next message, we'll find that. But those types of things, somebody that doesn't reason, somebody that doesn't feel responsibility, somebody that doesn't repent, I have no respect for somebody like that. God certainly can't. That's a difficult thing when a man loses himself. I want to be reasonable. I want to reason. I want to think through situations. I told you, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm somebody that I think, I overthink everything. But if I don't use God's word as my method of reasoning, I'm not doing myself any good. I'm not equipping myself to do battle with Satan. Responsibility. We should find responsibility in everything we do. I had a hard time with that, but then you let a baby come along. You get responsible fast. I'm like, good night. I didn't realize. And a lot of stuff that happened when I was growing up started to make sense. Mom and dad didn't seem so crazy. Everybody that told you this and told you different things, they didn't seem so crazy because I realized that responsibility was real. There's a lot of parents. They don't feel any responsibility for their children. That's a scary thing to see. There's a lot of Christians, like David. They've lost their repentance. 
They can, I mean, I have seen people do some of the most awful things you have ever thought of. Church people. Supposed to be Christian people. That's why you ever go to a church and they try to make you think Christians are perfect. You get out of there. I would sprint out of a door of a church like that. Christians are not perfect people. But a Christian that's lost his repentance, that's a scary thing. Somebody that can do wrong, sin. I, I'm afraid of what's truly on the inside of somebody like that. David lost his repentance at this point. He wasn't even willing to say, admit he did something wrong. But then he loses his respect. To go and to have someone, one of your servants, one of your strongest soldiers, one of your greatest warriors killed in that method, in that way, that's not anything worth respecting. When a man loses himself, he loses a lot. When you lose control in your life, when you slack in these different areas, I'm not saying I haven't done it because I have. I'm probably dealing with one of these four things right now. Maybe that God hadn't just revealed to me yet. I'm telling you, when God shows you where you're wrong in your life, you better get it right. Because you find later, David paid through that little baby. That child that Bathsheba has, it doesn't live. I remember one time, I'm almost done. Somebody I knew and loved and, and, and cared for dearly. This person was just grew up rough, truly rough. Mother was a drug addict. Dad was a drug addict. And this person's mother, every mistake, every decision, everything she had ever done was put under the spotlight. And this person I'm talking about in their life. And constantly, you're, you're acting just like your mother. You're doing just like your mother. That mother didn't have reasoning, didn't have responsibility, didn't have repentance, didn't have any respect. And that child paid for a lot of that. You're, doing, you're just like her. You act just like her. You know what? That person ended up a lot like her mother. We have to be careful because our decisions and the things we do directly affect those that come behind us. My decisions affect each and every one of you in here today. Your decisions affect those around you, those below you, those above you, those beside you, whatever that may be. That's a lot of responsibility. But if I use biblical reasoning, if I follow biblical repentance, I can, I can have the respect that I need towards God and his word to realize how to fix these situations. And sometimes we might try to talk people into going on like David did you right. You just go on and go on home. But we can stop there. David could have stopped and said, you know what? This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I'm going to end this. But he didn't. That's where we have to be careful. It's like, kind of like that web of lies. You spin it and you spin it and you spin it. You're going to get caught in it eventually. Right. We'll find that with King David if God allows me to continue this some, at some point in time. Don't want to be Debbie Downer, but just want to share with you the truth of God's word. Sure. i got to be careful. We, uh, we don't have any Debbies in here, but uh, I, my dad d does that so much that I've, I've contracted that. Um, sorry. But, uh, but anyway, I don't want to be down or negative. But truthfully, this, stuff, this is the type of stuff that we can learn from in God's word.
we can probably learn from the difficult times in, in these, these people's lives in this book than we can the victories because it's the difficult times that God used in their life to get them to victories. I wonder if anyone would have anything on their heart this morning before we wrap up.